You're listening to Conversion Cast, presented by Leadferno. I'm your host, Aaron Weike. Conversion Cast focuses on digital marketing and conversion, exploring the art and science to turn a lurker on your website to a lead, a browser to a buyer. Today, we learn about how brand and ICA creation combine for high converting content. My guest is Carrie O'Brien, a content marketing expert and the founder and chief word nerd at Custom Content Solutions. Carrie's a former attorney who shifted to digital marketing 15 years ago. She's the president of the Minnesota Search Marketing Association and a fixture on conference stages. I find her to be guilty of high energy and passion for her craft, and I'm excited to have her on. Carrie O'Brien, thank you so much for joining me on Conversion Cast today. It is a pleasure to be here, Aaron. Thanks for having me. You bet. I am so excited because there's a number of just kind of building blocks and the things that we're going to talk about today from what I've already uh, taken a peek at from your presentations and the things that you're constantly writing about and talking about. So I'm really excited to get to those. But first, let's start off. This seems so simple and straightforward, but businesses don't nail brand. So what are the core elements that a business needs to look at to like define their brand, to actually get that right? Yeah, that's a really good question. Here's the thing. When we think about brand, we think, oh, what's our logo? What colors are we using? You know, what what vibe are we putting out into the world? Um, and we forget to think about the things that really are the foundation of who we are and how we make connections with humans, right? So as a brand, we're still trying to connect with a human on the other side. And so what we want to do is share a few things. So I, I say there are four key elements to any brand foundation um, outside of visual components. So I would say that's your brand story, your values, um, your superpowers, what other people like to call unique value propositions. I just think that's boring. So I say superpowers and then your brand's personality. So those are the four areas I definitely like to focus on. Yeah. And let's touch on real quick, just cause I'm big on this one. Let's break down some of the things within superpowers. <laughs> oh, I love this one. So when I when I do presentations and when I talk about this, uh, I most often pull up a visual of The Incredibles or some other, you know, superhero, superpower thing because I want to get nerdy about it, right? Because I want people to step into an area where they feel like, oh, like I can have fun with this and I can lean into what I'm really good at. Um, and so when we're talking superpowers, like I said, we're talking, I don't know, we're talking things like your experience, your education, your training, your personality, your um, like service or your product. You could have something really unique that's out there in the world, right? Um, it could be how you approach customer service. It could be uh, your specific processes that you put in. So when we're talking about um, superpowers or UVPs, what we're trying to say here is what is it that makes you stand out from your competition? What is it that would make so someone say, you know what, I'm going to choose you over, you know, Joe Smith down the road who does kind of the same thing you do? And I think that is amazingly important. I, I think there's two things um, that immediately come come to mind, especially when I think about small businesses, which is the majority of what we work with uh, at, at lead Fern on a daily basis. One is even if you know your superpowers, when you like don't define them, when you don't market them, when you don't storytell around them, like 
then they don't exist. Like that, that's on you to give your superpowers a voice and put them out there, correct? Oh my gosh, hands down, exactly. It, it's great if you know them yourself. You say, oh, I know, I know what makes us awesome. But if you don't tell people, they won't know. Uh, and that's true not just for your customers, that's for your team internally too. This is why it's so important to create what I would say is your, you know, your brand guide. And you put your superpowers in there and you define specifically what it is that makes us stand out. And that way you have the language around it that your team can get behind and that your team can speak to and then that your customers can uh, connect with. Yeah. The other piece that I, I look at with that is so many businesses, right? They even kind of think to themselves, oh, like, oh, okay, we're just uh, another auto mechanic. We're just another home moving company. But then there's someone else in their industry or a competitor that they idolize, right? And they only see the tactical things they're doing. Like, oh, they're, you know, they post so often on Facebook and they do these things on social and this is their, what their content looks like and their visuals. But they don't understand that that actually comes that's just the output of how they've strategically embraced who they are and knowing their brand story and value and superpowers and personality. Yeah. And then it's just easy for them to shape that into the world. And they miss that part. They only see the tactical output. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so easy to get caught up into the, what do I do today? What, how do, how do I get noticed on LinkedIn? What's my, what's my new post going to be out on, on Instagram? Um, and they forget that it all comes back to your foundations. Cause if you have your foundations in place, you have a strategy that you create from that and your strategy builds out where you're going, who you're talking to, what you're looking at. And that's where it's so easy to create content from. And you're, then you're not just creating content. You're creating content that's going to connect with people who connect with your message, who connect with you, who are then like, these people get me and they do what I need them to do and I'm going to contact them. That's how you get high converting content. Yeah, great point. Yeah. All right, so let's move to the next piece of this where we're going to focus most, most of our time. Okay. And I, and I say this every episode because we're dropping another acronym in, an, in, an, in another way. So here we go. And, and this one is actually a little bit new to me. I'm, I'm wondering if it is related to the one I hear more often that might be more of a, a software, a SaaS term, but it's an ICA. So tell us what is an ICA and why is it so important? Yeah. Okay. I hate jargon just as much as the next person, right? It's just just part of our world in digital. (laughs) So it's part of every world, right? It's a part of every industry, every world. And yes, we have several. So ICA in my world is uh, an ideal customer avatar, also known as a buyer persona, also known as a dream client profile. Like there are so many ways to come at this. What it is in effect is a detailed description of the person your business was built to serve. That's awesome. Let's break down what are some of these core elements that go into determining and understanding and embracing your ICA? Yeah, great question. So we're really good at saying, you know, in some, well, here, when someone asks you, hey, Aaron, who do you want to serve? What comes to mind most often is, well, we target, um, you know, business owners who are sitting in the 1 million to 10 million revenue spot. And so we're talking about like demographics, right? And we're talking about main level demographics. We're talking money, we're talking job title. Um, you know, we might have gender, we might have marital status, but that's about it, right? So we get to that part and then we kind of stop. 
But demographics are really only the baseline. That's where we start, right? And we go from there to geographics, psychographics, behaviors, and personalization. Um, and I'm happy to talk through each of those in turn if you would like me to. Yes, I would. And let's start with that next one you named of geographics. And I think this is really important for, again, small businesses because some, especially if they're a service-based business, there, there is a, a radius to where they're serving. Yeah. And there are certain areas in where they're serving that are going to be potentially more of a better match by the type of neighborhood and the income of that neighborhood, right? When the demographics overlap with the geographics. So let's talk about that. Yeah, that is that is so key, right? So um, when I'm talking about demographics with my customers, you know, and and we move into geographics, I'm like, okay, we've started with the demographics. But let's talk about like where they're located, and they'll give me a city, and I'll say, okay, city's great. Yep, it's not enough, right? We need to talk about neighborhoods maybe intersections. What are the terms that your audiences are using to speak about the places in which they live and work? So, you know, uh, I have a great example. So I serve a lawyer in Minneapolis, but he's not just in Minneapolis. He's in South Minneapolis, but not technically South Minneapolis. He's in Uptown. And he's not just in Uptown, right? He is right across from um, the Lakes area and right, right next to Lake of the Isles. So any one of those could be used to connect with the audience in that area, right? Yep. And so much more accurate and mm -hmm. can now find ways to connect with people more than just Minneapolis. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So the next one, psychographics. Oh, <laughs> okay. So this is, this is the one I super geek out on and here's why. Psychographics are where you get to the heart of who your customer is. This is where you tap into their humanity because I don't see myself as being defined by the fact that I am a woman uh, or that I am <clears throat> in my forties or, you know, whatever it is, right? I, I see myself as uh, someone who, you know, worries about taking care of my kid, who wants to make sure I am creating a great business environment for my team. Right. So what we're doing in psychographics is we are tapping into the hearts and minds of our audience. We want to know, you know, what their hobbies are. Sounds lame, but this is where people get really like make real connections. Right. Yeah. Um, we want to know like who influences them. What channels do they hang out on? Where do they get their news? Um, what conferences do they attend? What podcasts do they listen to? Um, where are they spending their time? Who are they spending their time with? Um, and then, you know, talking about fears, frustrations, concerns, um, dreams, desires, like where are they right now? What, where are they stuck? Why are they stuck? Why aren't they moving forward? How could you help them move forward? If they move forward, how would that make them feel? What would life look like for them? Where do they want to go? What's that transformation? Those are the areas where, oh, Aaron, if you dig deep here, yeah, it's a gold mine of information. Yeah, I, I can see why you're doing that. And my head is going through like, okay, this is exactly how you understand the context of their problem and their situation and the solution they're seeking and how much that solution will mean to them yes. um, and so many elements, elements of that. So I can absolutely see why that's the part that you would geek out over. Yeah, the storyteller, the writer in me, like this is where, this is this is the part that I really have a lot of fun with, right? Yeah. Um, because with this information, 
you can create sales copy. You can create social copy. You can, cre- I mean, you can create a vast amount of information that isn't always selling. It's just helping, right? Yep. Because if you are seen as someone who understands, who gets them, who helps them, and oh, by the way, you might have a thing for them. Yeah, they're going to like you. They're yeah. going to really, really like you. Yeah, that's a yeah. serious connection. That's that's awesome. Yeah. All right, the next one, behaviors. Yeah, you know, I don't think we talk about this enough in the content marketing world, right? We kind of leave buying behaviors in the realm of sales and other areas. Um, but when we're talking about converting, um, you know, browsers into buyers or, you know, whatever the terms are that you like to use, right? Um, what we're trying to do is move folks from one purchase level or, you know, stage in the buying process to the next. And you have to know where the people are when you're speaking to them, right? So if they're at the very beginning stage, you don't want to ask them to buy your big ticket item, right? Just like you don't meet someone on on a first date and then ask them to marry them and ask ask to marry them at the end of your date. Like that's okay. Maybe a little too fast, right? We got to take it in steps. So, you know, so we want to know, you know, what, what buying stage are they at? Um, what objections do they have for buying? Are they the ones who actually get to make the purchase decision or are they a gatekeeper? You know, who is it you're talking to? What information do you need to put in front of them? So either they can make their, you know, the decision or they can convince who they need to convince to make the right decision. Yeah. Well, I can't help but selfishly that falls right into what we do with Leadferno by allowing website visitors to be able to just start a text conversation to ask questions, right? Yes. So how do we make that barrier to entry to to identifying be like, hey, I'm a prospect. I might be interested. I just have a couple of questions before I have enough trust to go anywhere with this or know if I want to proceed further, whatever that might look like in, in that conversion funnel. So, wow, I, I definitely identify with that one and one I think about every day. Yeah. The the last one, here's here's a term we hear all over the gamut within marketing, right? And that is personalization. Okay. This one I mean in a different way. When so when I'm talking about ICAs, I bring it, you know, the last thing I bring people to. Again, ICA, ideal customer avatar, right? When I yep. bring people back to this, um, I say, okay, once we've figured out demographics and geographics, we've d- gone deep into their mind for psychographics, we've figured out their buying behaviors we need to figure out who this person is that that we're talking to. Um, we need to be able to imagine in our minds that we're sitting across a, a cafe table, having a cup of coffee with them, talking with them about where they're at and how we can help or, you know, just listening. But you need to be able to imagine that so that when you're writing and when you're speaking, you have that person in mind. So you come across as more human instead of, you know, sitting behind a screen, typing on the keyboard, you know, you kind of lose that connection. So with personalization, what I'm talking about is assigning a name, give them pronouns, add a picture, right? Like do what you can to make this description into, you know, a fictionalized human that is the picture of who you want to serve and who you've been built to serve. Are you ready to improve and turn every page of your website into a conversion page? Leadferno's web-to-text widget is the most customizable conversion widget on the market. You can power texting, click-to-call, call requests, and link to any existing contact or estimate form from one place. Improve your conversions today by starting our 14-day free trial at leadferno.com. You are just like 
hitting all of the notes that are music to my ears because again, selfishly, like this is what I love about using SMS, like text is a more personal conversation. And we point all the time, like, you know, addressing the customer by their name, adding your name onto it. So they feel a, a connection to the human on the other side of the business. So important. All right. I, I, you've won me over. I see how these are the important elements of creating an ICA and why it's so important. So let's touch a little bit on uh, someone listening right now and says, sweet, I get it. I'm buying into this. What? Let's touch a little bit on the process to create your ICA. What can you do to go through to, to help build that? Yeah. Good question. Right. Because it's great to talk about all the things and yeah, we need all that information, but okay. How, how Carrie, how do we do that? How do we get there? Make it so. Yeah. Make it so number one. Right. So what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to understand humans. So what we have to do is speak to humans. Right. We have to speak to the people uh, that we've served. So a key way to understand who you want to serve and who you're serving is to interview customers. So interview your existing customers, ask them questions and get some answers about, you know, who they are, where they were before they worked with you, what it's like working with you, what they're hoping to get out of it. Right. And that's where you type, you tap into those psychographics and you tap into, you know, you can make, ask more questions to maybe get deeper into the demographics. So you're creating a more inclusive persona, right? Um, if you don't have, you know, current customers or if you have a slew of past customers, great, send them a survey. Ask them to fill out a survey with, you know, key questions that you want to know. Um, as new customers are coming on, what can you do in that onboarding process uh, to build in some places to ask, you know, ask for information that helps you understand where they are at that step of we've made the purchase decision, right? So that's where yep. you can really get information specifically at that buying stage which is prime. Um, you know, you can, you can also, you know, create questionnaires for focus groups or, you know, uh, shoot, go onto LinkedIn and, and throw out, uh, you know, a questioner, uh, anything like just go ask people like, say, if you're in this industry, I have a question for you and just see what information comes up. Um, another place to go is to, I mean, review your own testimonials and your reviews. What do people like? What do they don't like? Where were they? What do they like about where they are? See what common threads come up from those that you can pull in as you're creating this, um, you know, this whole persona for your team. Um, you know, and it's important not to just look like at your own stuff. You want to look at what folks are saying about your competition. So go read your competitors' reviews. What are they doing well? Um, what didn't work for people? You know, because you can use that to tap into psychographic information. Right. Um, I would also say mine your own data. Okay. So you have so much information at your fingertips um, for as long as we'll have it. Right. So Google Analytics, GA4, tap into that. If you're using an email marketing system, uh, tap into information about what people are opening, what actions they're taking, which ones are they clicking on, um, where are they going from there? Uh, what else can you gather from, you know, like social media analytics, right? So you have so much data at your fingertips. Don't let it go to waste, right? Review it. Yeah, those are awesome. Obviously, with my background, you know, before Leadferno, I spent seven years in the world of customer feedback and reviews. So wholeheartedly, I gave so many presentations myself talking about, yes, understanding what are the themes within your own reviews that really stand out to customers or areas where you can improve your customer experience and your business. But 
yeah, reading competitors and reading that of the industry, right? You start mm-hmm. to develop the, what are the themes based on the product or service you deliver, right? Is it about timing? Is it about value? Is it about end result? Is it about communication? You start to understand those things. So you can say like, all right, how this really matters a lot. So what can we do with it? How can we, um, you know, understand and meet those needs and exceed them? Can we even work that into our brand story or what makes us unique um, for what's there? So yeah, that, you know, really end to end. And then I have to ask this because it makes me think of that, right? I'm big on like, especially with that, uh, finding or taking away to scrape and bring in that data. And then you can use AI and use tools to be able to pull those themes out for you. So you're not self-mining it. Um, would you say, are there some shortcuts or, or tools just to make some of this, uh, process easier for creating your ICA by, by using AI? What, what, can you share with us there? Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I will tell you this. AI and I are not the best of friends I, right I now. I know, I know how <laughs> a content creator feels about AI. Oh, yep. um, but I will say, yes, I mean, tools, there are so many great tools out there that can, that can, like, as you said, gather that information, organize it for you. So you're not spending time just doing the data gathering, but you're actually using your brain power to analyze, synthesize, understand, and pull out what's most important, yep. right? Um, you know, it, I, I, there are so many people who have figured out how to pull information from ChatGPT and how to get that tool to use, um, you know, from creating spreadsheets and uh, all of these other great ways. So, I mean, I don't care what tool you use. This is what yep. I'm going to say. Use a tool to help you gather the information, but please continue to use your own brain power to figure out how it applies. Yes. I, I think the best way to summarize that is like, let it be a tool. Don't let it be the answer, yes. right? Yes. You should be working to get that answer with other elements besides just that, but that. Right. Right. And here's why. Here's why. Yep. Because you're trying to understand humans. So you have to keep that human first approach in there, Right. Because yep. you're still trying to build that connection. You can't get disconnected from the data. You can't get disconnected from that information because in doing that, you get disconnected from the people you're trying to serve. Yep. So, so true. Well, well put. All right. Lastly, because I, I always like to, you know, this is the data for side of me. I always like to protect people. Mm. What are the pitfalls in this process to watch out for that we would, you know, scrape our knee, break our arm? It wouldn't go so well. What, what do we need to avoid? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that question because the legally trained human inside me also <laughs> says, please, for the love of Pete, y'all, there are some issues here that we must watch out for. Yeah. Um, and especially in the ICA creation process, when you're trying to create a single detailed description of an audience you are trying to attract, uh, we can easily fall back on stereotypes. Um, please don't do that, right? Yeah. Like. Don't apply blanket information, blanket assumptions, you know, don't, don't do that. Just take the time to understand your own data, to understand the people who you have talked to, you know, talk to your sales team about the actual humans you're serving, get that information, um, and rely on that instead of applying across the board definitions that could honestly just be wrong. Yeah. Right. We don't want to do that. Um, and then please just don't make stuff up. Like, I feel like I don't have to say that, but I'm going to say that. Uh, don't make it up. 
don't try and take a shortcut so you can fill in a blank on a form or, you know, say, well, I mean, I think this, if at any point you're saying, I think, or I feel in this process, you haven't done the work yet. So please, please just don't, don't make it up and don't rely on stereotypes. You will get burned either way. Yeah. Wow. Great. Um, I, I feel like some of those, you know, as I alluded to, I feel like those are like life lessons I try to teach my kids on. Like, yes. let let the past inform you. Don't let it define what you're where you're trying to go to or or get to. Be careful of assumptions, you know, mm-hmm. all, all of those things. And yeah, wow, that really holds true on this. And that last one I think is so powerful, right? If you're just trying to check boxes on some of these things on this would be my best guess, or now I have something in there, or this is what anyone else in the industry would say. Like if you're not taking the time to validate it to your, your, yourself and putting it to the test and getting something out of it, like, yeah, you, you haven't done the work. So why would you expect a better outcome out of it? Absolutely. Uh, I had a conversation yesterday with a colleague of mine and the same, the thing we both kept coming back to is this thing of, you know, bad information in equals bad output, bad in, bad out. Don't do bad in, yeah. right? Because we don't want, we, we want good stuff to come from this. We want you to be connecting with the people you want to serve the most, right? There are so many humans out there who need help, who need services, who need products, who need all of this. We are like, there's more than enough to go around. So focus on the people you can serve the best and who you enjoy working with the most and you will you will win leaps and bounds you will win you will convert you will it, you will be just leaps and bounds ahead of others and so please please take the time to do it right yeah and yeah. i see that you know in in working with hundreds of, of businesses and my past software company tens of thousands of businesses mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get this one there someday these things take time Baby but steps. yeah Baby but steps. as i alluded to before right you People so often, they just see the outer crust. They see the presentation layer of that business. And I guarantee you, when you see the ones, I see them come through when I'm like, I instantly see the amount of leads they're doing because of the type of site they have and they're already ranking well and they have great content and they know who they're talking to and they're talking about the right things to that audience. Like, it's not by mistake, right? Like they have brand and they know their ICA, like they have these things in order. So it's really easy for me at the end when I'm like, oh, there's there's the sum of the equation right there, right? And mm-hmm. I already know those things are there. So this this is fabulous. I hope it has helped point people in the right, right direction. You, you've given me some food for thought. I can apply myself, which selfishly, I always love when I get that, but I know the listeners will get that too. Carrie, uh, I would hope people just somehow subconsciously said to themselves, okay, she's really smart. This speaks to me. I want to take in more of this. How do people connect with you on the internets? Ah, yeah. Well, if they want to find me on the interwebs, thank you, by the way. That was very kind of you to say. Mm -hmm. I am most active on social on LinkedIn. Uh, So, and and that's Carrie O'Brien and that's an O apostrophe B R I E N friends, not a N that gets confusing. (laughs) Um, And my first name is C A R I, which no one ever gets right. So that's cool too. Uh, Otherwise you can find me on my website. uh, Custom content LLC.com is my agency's website. Um, 
Fun fact, we're working on completely redoing our website based on updates to our branding, to our ICA, to the work that we're doing. And the thing is, it's continual, right? So yep. you can go check it out now. And then I guarantee you in the you know a few months time, it'll be different. Um, and it's always good. So. All right. I will be waiting for the blog post on the before and after. You should just break down <laughs> all of your own realizations, right? Like here's... Here's how the shoemaker made their own shoes, right? That's actually a brilliant idea. I should do that. All right. I'll hold you to. I'll just keep checking in with you every week on that. Of course you will. I don't doubt that. Mm-hmm. All right. The places Carrie mentioned, I will link to her website and to her LinkedIn profile. Um, definitely worth a follow because I've had the pleasure of following, knowing, connecting with Carrie for a long time. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back in the future. Thank you, Aaron. It's been a pleasure.